the Blaze Radio Network. On Demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. 653. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Vices. I don't have to show you any stinking vices. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. We are going to cut taxes and simplify the tax code by taking the current seven tax brackets we have today and reducing them to only three brackets. A 10% bracket, a 25% bracket, and a 35% bracket. We're gonna double the standard deduction so that a married couple won't pay any taxes on the first $24,000 of income they earn. So in essence, we are creating a zero tax rate. Yes, a zero tax rate for the first $24,000 that a couple earns. Guys get that? Okay, so that's um, Mr. Cohn speaking earlier today, Gary Cohn, part of the uh, team of economic advisors on uh, Team Trump. So uh, we we go from this convoluted seven bracket down to a, a simplified three bracket. I, you guys know I'm not a big fan of the income tax anyway. I don't believe in punishing uh, positive economic activity, which earning income is positive economic activity. But if you're going to have to stick with the income tax, which I don't believe we should, this country hasn't always had an income tax. I believe in a, cons- a consumption tax because it gives you and I power. Instead, when you have an income tax, you have the power resting up in Washington, D.C., and they're just sitting up there deciding how much to take away from you. And you say, well, on a consumption tax, Chris, I mean, couldn't they do the same thing? Can they put high sales tax? Yeah, they could. But then you would have the choice as to whether or not to buy that particular product. If you can't afford it, you're not going to buy it. So you don't pay the tax. And of course, food would be exempted. Everything else would have a a sales tax or a con- a consumption tax placed on it. This, this idea that it's government's job to tell us, hey, we need, uh, we need to spend all this money, so you need to give us more, that's a, a rather dictatorial way of looking at this relationship between citizen and government. Um, they have it in China, they have it in Cuba, they have it in Venezuela. We, we shouldn't have it here in the United States. There should be a relationship that exists here between our people and our government where we will give you X amount of dollars and you shall, I'm going to 
make the use legislative language there. You shall not spend more than that. You shall not do that. So with all of that, that's the way it should be. It hasn't been that way for many, many moons. But I just, uh, I thought, whenever I talk to folks about taxes and the relationship between government and and the taxing authorities, I wanted to to to, to reintroduce that concept to you because we've been doing it wrong for decades. Oh, by the way, let me switch over to Fox News really quickly. Uh, Jim Jordan is talking. Hold on a second. Agreement that seems to give more control to the states. Does it mean that you would support a health care measure now if it were yep. to come up for a vote or what? Yeah, sure would, Neil. Uh, look, if the amendment goes in as drafted, uh, I'm going to support it. More importantly, the Freedom Caucus has taken an official position, which means the vast, vast majority of our members are going to support it as well. I was going to get to that this hour anyway. There is movement on the repeal and replacement of Obamacare. The statement that comes from the Freedom Caucus is this. Even though the new agreed-upon language uh, still leaves elements of Obamacare in place, and they, they openly admit it now, we still think this is a great way forward to fulfilling our promise to reduce health care costs. So it seems the Freedom Caucus now has surrendered to this idea that, hey, we need an entitlement here. We need government to intervene here. So now you have the Freedom Caucus who is saying, yeah, yeah, we're going to um, we're going to sign on to this repeal and replace effort. Now, the Tuesday group, these are the moderate Republicans who for all intents and purposes, our, our Democrats save few, a few issues. Uh, they're saying, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. Now you're losing us. Now you're losing us. So my feeling on this is, oh, okay, come to me when you all come to an agreement. Because now we're getting all of this, all of this, uh, fabricated news. Oh, 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 the Freedom Caucus, they're on board now. Oh, 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 Okay, well, now somebody else isn't on board. When you have an agreement, then step out in front of the cameras. Now, just because the Freedom Caucus says, okay, we can deal, we can live with this, I haven't heard from the Tuesday group, and if the Tuesday group says, we're, you know, we're, our membership isn't on board, well then, what have we gained? We're still stuck with Obamacare. So, anyway, that's, that's where that sits. Uh, uh, back to taxes, if I can, for a moment. Uh, this is, uh, again, Gary Cohn uh, detailing what the president's vision, I have to stress, this is only an opening bid, people. This is only, only an opening bid for uh, potential taxation in this country. It's, it's what, what comes out of that Congress is not going to look a thing like what has been put in by the White House. I think there will be some, some insist, we insist this stays in, the rest of it's negotiable. Like, for example, you're gonna hear, you guys heard the, the three tax brackets that will be created. What was it? 10, 25, and 35. 10, 25, and 35. What they didn't include is, well, how much money you got to make to be in those brackets. 
that's all that's all negotiable what if what if the 10 percent tax rate is uh on those you know maybe 50 grand a year combined man uh married now the first 24 grand of that would be tax-free you heard gary Cohn say so you'd only be taxed at the 10 percent rate for the additional 26,000 between you and your wife or you and your husband okay i know i'm gonna i'm kind of getting into the weeds here but all of that, but th- th- I'm just throwing a number out there because none of this has been negotiated. So the devil, especially when it comes to tax reform and this 75,000-page monstrosity, which really is an insult to the American people, the 75,000-page tax code is, um, I, I, I think about it and I can never come up with a, with a s- sufficient enough adjective to describe just how moronic, how idiotic, how corrupt, how crooked, how spiteful, how, I mean, just just throw some adjectives at me. Uh, how debate, how debased it is. It is, it is really just an example of the worst of humanity. The 75,000-page tax code is an example of sellouts, is an example of corruption, is an example of betrayal. It, it, that, that's what everything that you see from that 75,000-page tax code, the, everything I'm describing is what it is. And it's a gift, it's a curse to the country from those... Uh, 535 individuals plus rotating occupiers of the Oval Office. Sometimes we get presidents. And all they are are carve-outs and special interests that have nothing to do with your or my life. Muddied interests that finance the political campaigns of these elected leaders. And Again, that's why I say it's an example of betrayal. Because when the tax code is like that is foisted upon us, it, it wasn't for our benefit. It's for their benefit up on Capitol Hill. So that's my way of saying, oh yes, it needs to go away. If, if Washington, D.C. is going to pretend that we the people matter, it has to go away. Just matter what's going to be replaced with. That's going to be the key question. The larger standard deduction also leads to simplification because far fewer taxpayers will need to itemize, which means their tax form can go back, yes, to that one simple page that I talked about earlier. Families in this country will also benefit from tax relief to help them with child and dependent care expenses. We are going to repeal the alternative minimum tax. The AMT creates significant complications and burdens which require taxpayers to do their taxes twice to see which is higher. Yeah, uh, AMT, alternative minimum tax, was a left-wing idea. Again, another. Uh, this is an example of betrayal. This is, this, the AMT, they passed to make sure the rich were paying their fair share. So um, if after the deductions a business or somebody who was wealthy found out that they were paying 
below a certain dollar figure, well, you'd have to be at, at there's an alternative minimum tax above a certain tax bracket, above a certain level of taxation. So let's just say that I, I can't remember exactly what the, the number is. Say you got to pay $25,000 in taxes if you're in a particular income bracket. And it doesn't matter how many deductions or whatever you have. I'm just I'm, I'm throwing that out there as an example. I think I'm sure it's much more expensive. The problem is the geniuses that impose that on the country, they didn't index it for inflation. So the AMT started roping more and more and more people in the middle class, ended up harming the middle class. Now, you would think that that was just because, you know, lawmakers are stupid and they're idiotic and they don't and they just made a mistake in their effort to punish rich people, which is what liberals do. They want to punish rich people. Uh, they they neglected to see how their laws would hurt the middle class. That's not what happened. They knew that ultimately it would start roping in the middle class and bringing in more of the private sector into the federal control and that they would get their hands, their grubby hands on your money. They knew it and they let it happen and they let it go. I'll be back in a minute. Broadcasting with Latin flair. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. Chris Salcedo is on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, welcome everybody. Uh, just wrapping up moments ago, this meeting between the White House and the United States Senate. It looks like uh, Fox bumped into John McCain, who's been uh, nipping at President Trump's heels since he's got into the Oval Office, but seems to have warmed lately to the president because he has taken some pretty decisive action to to beat back tyrants and thugs on the national stage, something that we haven't seen in eight years in this world, a, an America that's actually leading. Uh, they talked to McCain about, about this ahead of this briefing. And again, I just want to rem- remind you, the briefing has wrapped up, but this is what McCain was saying going into it. Uh, what they'll think, what they need to think is that uh, the Chinese will stop their economy f- in every way unless they stop this progress towards uh, acquisition of a nuclear weapon and a means to deliver. The question was, hey, what should the Kim Jong-un think about all this? Seeing every leader in the Senate convening over at the White House, what should they think? And that was his response. China is the key to this. And are you expecting President Trump to try to get all 100 on board today with some sort of military action when he drops by? That's not the purpose of this briefing. The purpose of this briefing is to tell us the situation and the intelligence we have and what the options that we have. All right. So that's um, a little bit of what we, we are not hearing yet any feedback from any of these senators from what they learned. Uh let me pivot back. I, I, folks, I know that everything's fi- flying at us fast and furiously today. 
So let me pivot back to uh, to taxes. One of the, the 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 mantras you're going to be hearing from the libs is that um, the United States is going to take down the the the, the top tax rate. For, for businesses, for the corporate tax rate, from 35% down to 15. That's what Trump wants. From 35 to, 35% to 15. And that, of course, is what benefits um, the rich. And, that, and thus, it can't be, because if the rich it, are benefited in any way, then nothing is worth doing. So you and I must continue to endure the pain. It, you know what? And one of the... One of the the early criticisms is, will this help Trump? Well, will this help Trump? Well, if it helps Trump, we can't do it. I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute. Is this how, is this how petty these Democrats are? That a tax plan might help Donald Trump? Thus, thus, if it helps Donald Trump, then we can't help any of you. Or what, we must exempt Donald Trump from being helped in any way because he happens to be a, a businessman? And he could, if he were running his businesses, be aided in some way or his businesses could be aided in some way? I, that makes absolutely no sense. By the way, I heard something today, and I, and I haven't been able to find an article on it yet, but I heard something today that on the Obamacare issue, that who was who's and actually it was Tabitha just tweeting me. Congress is still exempting themselves and staff from the new HC law. Okay, that's the. This is what I heard. They want to make some elements of Obamacare optional. They, that this new deal makes allows the states to say, look, we're not, you know, we, we can't afford to cover pre-existing conditions, so we're not going to do it. But if the, if the senator or the congressman comes from that state that, that, that makes that decision, they and their staff, they're exempted. They'll still get, they'll still get pre-existing conditions covered just for Congress. Do you think that's right? Do you think that's okay? I don't. I don't. It was one of the big problems I had with Obamacare. Is that it exempted from pain elected leaders and their staff. Because it allowed them to have a stipend. I think it was to the tune of, it was just shy of twelve grand a year. $1,000 extra a month to help defray the cost. Did you and I get that? No, only the special people in Congress did. How, how can they look us in the eye and say that they're, they're doing our business, the people's business, when they pass laws that they themselves are exempt from feeling the pain? Um. I, I don't quite understand that. I don't quite get that. Uh, and, and I don't know. I, I, and the only thing I can I can imagine is that they 
they figure I'm going to get reelected anyway. They figure, uh, you know what? L- look at the reelection rate of incumbents. Chances are I'm not going to be held accountable for this vote. Chances are that people don't care. They're not paying attention. So why not? Why not cash in? Why not? I deserve it. You would imagine this is what some of them are thinking up there. Uh, I just, I find it detestable. You know, I was asked recently, Salcedo, you ever considered running for office? I said, yeah, I did it one time. And Mrs. Salcedo said, oh, you'd never survive. You, you never survive. You, you, don't, you don't play the game. You don't, you're, you're not on board with this you know you're up there to do a job and it's for the it's for the people you're not up there to do a job on the people which is what i'm afraid so many of these people in particular the democrat party are up there doing they're up there to do a job on the people and to elevate themselves and that's why we get obamacare that's why we get all of these nonsensical laws that benefit their cronies and themselves and all the rest of us are just left with one thing the tab the chris salcedo show part of generation blaze only on the blaze radio network Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. I did not run for office to be helping out a bunch of uh, you know fat cat bankers on Wall Street. Bankers and executives on Wall Street need to realize that enriching themselves on the taxpayer's dime is inexcusable. We can't go back to a culture on Wall Street that says it's okay to bend or break the rules. Those on Wall Street cannot resume taking risks without regard for consequences. That was President Obama and his, well, let's just say, eight-year assault on those who made money in the United States. We know how much of a, uh, an anti-prosperity uh, nut job President Obama was. Now, <laughs> you're not going to believe this, but President Obama is being called a massive hypocrite today. From Fox, former President Barack Obama reportedly agreed to give a lucrative speech to Wall Street, the firm Cantor Fitzgerald LP. Now, remember, you just heard President Obama just blasting away at those who are on Wall Street, the fat cats. Well, when the fat cats want to pay you some good dough, you want to know how much you want to know how much money Barack Obama's going to get for a speech? Just go ahead. The, now, remember, President Obama, man of the people, hates Wall Street, but he'll take their money. 400000 dollars. One speech. Um, how many of you in the sound of my voice, how many years 
would it take at your current income level to make what Barack Obama makes in one night of a speech? From, what, what did he say about Wall Street? He, he, he had some select words to say about those people at Wall Street. Helping out a bunch of uh, you know, fat cat bankers on Wall Street. Yeah, fat cat bankers. But I'm, he's, he's, he's cool taking their cash. $400,000. Man of the people, resident Obama folks. There he is. And then, of course, the basket of biased press won't report any of this because uh, he's dear leader. This, he's, he's supposed to make all the money. It's all you little people who are supposed to scrape by and scrap. and uh, You're supposed to uh, do without but never Barack Obama, never the leftists, never dear leaders. No, 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 no. That's not the liberal way. Fox News Channel was interviewing a, uh, a young lady today, uh, Kristen Tate. She's the author of Government Gone Wild. And she had, uh, well, she had a reaction to knowing that Mr. Obama was going to give a speech to Cantor Fitzgerald LP, a Wall Street firm. Here was a reaction. Right. Well, first of all, I'm just wondering what Obama could possibly say during a one-hour speech that would be worth $400,000. But yes, this is the height of hypocrisy. Obama called Wall Street bankers fat cats while he was campaigning because it was politically advantageous. Now he's turned around and he's taking $400,000 from those same bankers because it's financially advantageous. Advantageous. It's all about personal gain for Obama. Well, that's, and, and again, that's why ABC, NBC, CBS, they won't report on it because in their mind, it, since this guy came onto the, the national stage, it's, all, it's been about, all about Obama, not about you and your family. Not about how you're doing, how you're getting by, your prosperity. It's been about Obama's prosperity. How will Barack Obama's policies help Obama? How will, how will Barack Obama's rhetoric help Obama? How will Barack Obama's, whatever, whatever he did over his occupation of the Oval Office, how will it help Obama? Fast forward to the, the tax discussion we've been having a little bit today. And what, what is the press focusing on? Well, well, will, this, will this tax break benefit at all, Donald Trump? Will it benefit him at all? Because if it does, it sucks. It's it, not even worth doing. You see the double standard? It's right there. I also like what Kristen had to say. What could he possibly say to these people? I mean, if he, if he continues more of this line that he had on the campaign trail, you're all a bunch of fat cats, you're all, you, you all hate the country, you're, you're not paying your fair share. Who, who would pay $400,000 to hear that garbage for an hour and a half? <laughs> you all... I mean, hell, I'd, I'd go to Cantor and Fitzgerald and tell them they all suck for, for 50000 How about you, Ellie? Would you do it? Would you do it 50000 Yes. I'd do it. I'd do it for 25 grand. 25 grand. Hey, Cantor, Fitzgerald, LP, why don't you all call me? I'll come over and tell you how much, of, how, how much I think you guys suck and you don't pay your fair share and you're no worse than scum on my boot. I mean, I'll do it. I'll save you tons of money. I don't even feel that way about you guys. You know, I, 
unless Barack Obama wasn't being truthful to us on the campaign trail. No, that that couldn't no perish the thought. That no, that that's not right. That couldn't no. There was a fascinating discussion. If I can I'm just I know I'm bouncing all over the place to, today, folks. It's just the nature of today. A lot there's a lot flying flying at us. Fascinating discussion yesterday between Brett Baer and and James Rosen, uh two of my favorites over at Fox, real journalists actually. And they were discussing how President Obama, how badly he had betrayed America with the Iran nuke deal. And I wanted to parse through this because it was, there was some stuff I learned that I didn't know before. Listen. You covered this story about the dissident group that had new information, they said, about from satellite photos in right. Iran, about uh, efforts at a military facility in Iran. You saw the Politico piece. We- now, wait a minute. First off. These efforts in Iran and Parchin, we told you guys about this yesterday, that there, that there are reports out there that Iran is doing what it was supposed to do underneath this agreement and is putting their nuclear weapons program in high gear because they know there will be no check on them. They're, they're just going to push it right up to the very edge of compliance. And then... As soon as the ten years is up, then they're gonna they're gonna go nuclear, which is the plan that President Obama had uh, all along. The Politico report that Brett is referencing was uh, that well, but Politico came out yesterday and and found out certain individuals. Well, let me, let me, I think Brett explains it better than I could. We've seen more anecdotal evidence that the Iranians are not living up to the deal. What do you think Trump administration policy will be? Well, right now they've got actually not just one, but two different reviews underway with different timetables. One is focused squarely on the JCPOA, the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action. That is the actual nuclear deal. Uh, that is expected to be wrapped up within 90 days uh, because within 90 days, Secretary Tillerson is going to face another decision about whether he wants to certify once again that Iran's living up to the terms of the JCPOA. Then there's a, a wholly separate review underway right now about all the other facets of Iranian behavior that are troubling to the U.S. The- now, now, and, and that's and that's what the political piece kind of jumped into. Was there a whole bunch of side deals? Remember, we, we heard about some of these, but we didn't get a lot of specifics. There are things that President Obama and John Kerry hid from you and me, and it's detailed in this in this political piece called Obama's Hidden Iranian Giveaway. He, President Obama bent over backwards and bent us over forwards to accommodate and to get this deal. He let he let people go who were charged with, with terrorism against the United States. Major arms targets. The administration infuriated uh, folks. And, and this is hard to do inside the Justice Department. Undermined... Uh, counter-proliferation of weaponry task forces in the United States because he was so desirous to get this deal, he undermined national security to get it and let a whole bunch of bad people go. There were 14 people that we, you and I didn't know about who were let go to please the Iranians. Again, 
Barack Obama bent over backwards and he bent the United States over forwards to do this. Ballistic missiles, uh, the support for terrorist groups, the interventions in Syria and Yemen and so forth. Uh, there is no timetable on that review. Bottom line uh, is that from both of these reviews, we can expect the Trump administration is going to get tougher. What they really want is a change in behavior from the Iranian regime. And they see getting tougher as the most direct avenue to that goal. So the Obama administration decoupled those two things, the nuclear part and the And everything else. Everything else. Right. You guys understand what they mean by they're talking about this what barack obama said when he was doing this iranian nuclear deal he just looked at the iranians will you comply with the deal the deal the deal the deal but yeah they're terrorists yeah but i don't care the deal the deal the deal yeah they're financing they're financing radicalized islamic fundamentalist terrorists to kill americans and our allies yeah but i don't care that's what it means by decoupling decoupling iran's behavior as the number one state sponsor of terror to do this deal they it was like it didn't exist, according to resident Obama. He ignored everything that Iran wa- is and was, which is the number one state sponsor of terror, to do this deal, to basically gift them nuclear weapons at the end of a decade. The threat to the region, basically. Uh, the Trump administration is fusing them back together and, and what, calling for new sanctions as a result? It was what Gwyneth Paltrow would call a conscious uncoupling. I don't get that. Uh, and now, yes, the, the Trump administration is no longer inclined to see these as disparate issues. Uh, one thing a, a senior uh, administration official told me just a short while ago was that uh, the Obama administration had an incentive because they were so committed to getting this deal done to excuse away a lot of that behavior. Those days, I'm told, are over, uh, and, and there's going to be a tougher line drawn on ballistic missile tests um, and, and support for terrorism and so forth. What they can actually do about it is tough to see right now because Iran is a regional power. I mean, you covered some of the inner workings during that Obama negotiation uh, from a State Department point of view, administration point of view. It, uh, pretty struck by how far they went to get that across the finish line. Oh yeah, things that were explicitly left out of the terms of the nuclear deal, such as access to the dollar for transactions for Iran, were then basically, after the deal was finalized, agreed to anyway. And we saw Secretary of State John Kerry traveling throughout Europe, in essence drumming up business for the Iranian regime with European companies and so forth, who've been a little reluctant to really dive back into Iran. You, so let me, let me just break that all down. De- part of the deal that was left out was, was, den- was leaving out as part of the deal uh, access to the American dollar so they can utilize the banking system to move their assets around. That was not in the original deal, but Barack Obama afterward put it back in to make life easier on the number one state sponsor of terror. And then John Kerry ends up being the Ayatollah Khomeini's boy traveling all over Europe to convince Europe to do business with the Iranians, the number one state sponsor of terror, a declared enemy of the United States of America. And this is what happens when you hire Democrats for the highest position in the land. They sell out your country to a radicalized Islamic fundamentalist terrorist regime. We've got to stop doing that. Back in a minute. Telling the truth. It's one of those jobs American liberals won't do. That's why we need the liberty-loving Latino Chris Salcedo. The Blaze Radio Network.
You're taking in a little Latin flair with Chris Salcedo on the Blaze Radio Network. Senator McConnell wanted me to negotiate the wall with President Trump. I said to him two things. First, it's not a negotiation. No wall. And second, I said, only you can persuade him that he shouldn't uh, do the wall because it'll cause a government shutdown. Chuck Schumer confirming Democrats don't negotiate. That's it. That, th- these people aren't good arbiters. This is, this is why we can't elect them to Congress anymore, folks. Democrats don't negotiate. It's either they, their way or they burn the place down. Uh, there was a poll out there that I didn't get a chance to, to talk to you guys much about. It was an ABC poll that said that if the election were held today, Donald Trump would still win. And not only win the Electoral College, but he would also win the popular vote over Hillary Clinton. It was the, the, the left-wingers, of course, they didn't, they didn't stress that part of the poll. There were some negatives in there for Trump, too. And they stressed on the negatives. But the takeaway for me, anyway, from that poll is that the Democrats have, as, as bad as they think Trump is, Democrats have nothing else. Guy Benson was on Fox. He's with townhall.com. He reacted to this poll. You have people marching in the streets. You see it all over social media. You would get a sense from the coverage that there is massive, widespread buyer's remorse with President Trump. And this poll suggests that that's just not the case. In fact, Trump, if we did a redo today, would win by a larger margin over Hillary Clinton. So, look, the Russia stuff is interesting. It ought to be investigated. There's the Comey discussion that's come up yet again. A lot of liberals pointing to him and blaming him. I think what we're seeing now is even with a very controversial president whose numbers in that poll internally not very good would still defeat mrs clinton maybe she was just a really lousy candidate and people still recognize that maybe maybe she was a real lousy candidate no i think well not only was she a lousy candidate but her party sucks there is there is nothing good about look what they stand for today illegal immigration illegal aliens hey remember everybody society's worth is not measured by how much power is seized by an out-of-control government, but rather how much power is reserved for with people. Thursday, tomorrow, hopefully we'll be back here to start off the show. <laughs> See you then. 888-900-3393. The Chris Salcedo Show. On the Blaze Radio Network.